Today's episode of the Health Lawyer Podcast with Julian Whitehead, brought to you by Whitehead Legal, takes a deep dive into employees and their entitlements on the sale of a practice. Here we go. Okay, the employees and their entitlements on the sale of a practice. As we all know, employees are an, an integral part of any practice, especially non-professional staff who are the first face patients see on arrival or speaking to whilst they make their uh, while they book their appointments. Long-serving employees are usually regarded as enhancing a practice and its goodwill. Purchasers will likely seek to engage the employees as transferring employees from the settlement date. That's as compared to not engaging them, and that's non-transferring employees. Purchasers can select the employees they require as transferring employees. And both vendors and purchasers need to ensure their dealings with employees and their entitlements is also fair work compliant. So full and proper disclosure early. And part of any practice sale acquisition due diligence for purchases or vendors is to ensure that employee entitlements are fully disclosed. Vendors should expect to disclose figures for accrued long service leave, that's seven plus years in most states, contingent long service leave, that's four to seven or four to 10 years, annual leave plus loading, and personal care as a sick leave. Uh, figures for practices with an, a number of long servers who have not taken all their accrued sick leave over the years, let alone their long service leave and or annual leave, those figures are likely to be high. This can cause concern during due diligence, especially when either the purchaser or the vendor has not been properly advised or, or fully appreciated the magnitude of the employee entitlements liability figure. So... How is this efficiently handled, you ask? Well, consider this example. A purchaser is purchasing a vendor's practice for $750,000. There are three long-serving employees and one employee has been at the practice for, let's say, four and a half years. Uh, the purchaser wishes to take three long-serving employees as transferring employees, but elects not to take the four-and-a-half-year employee who will be deemed a non-transferring employee. That employee, that four-and-a-half-year, their, their service will cease at settlement of the practice and all owed entitlements will be paid out directly by the vendor. The three remaining long-serving employees, they've let's say they've taken most of their annual leave and long service leave but for this example any they've taken hardly any sick leave and that's accrued to forty thousand dollars 
The sale contract states that the purchaser is, is responsible to pay sick leave when it becomes due. But sick leave, the sick leave liability may never become a live liability as the transferring employees, they might may resign from the practice a few weeks after settlement. It happens. And of course, sick leave is not payable upon termination. The purchaser and the vendor should nevertheless reach a fair agreement and the appropriate allowance should be made. The sick leave quantum that was, was accrued under the vendor's watch. So the vendor should agree to allowing and adjusting a percentage of the sick leave quantum in favour of the purchaser as a deduction from the purchaser's price, purchase price and settlement, that is. As it's an unknown factor, the protocol that the vendor and the purchaser it's that they will share the commercial risk. And for example, at 50-50, uh, commercial risk share, that equates to, a, of course, a $20,000 deduction from the purchase price at settlement. And that's part of the adjustments which, which lawyers go through really close leading up to settlement. At, let's say, 25-75, uh, that's a 25% deduction, and $10,000 will be deducted from the purchase price. And 75% 75 of it uh, will be carried forward to the, the under the purchase watch. The purchaser takes a transfer, as I've just said, take a, takes a transfer of the, the live sick, sick leave liability after settlement and pays the employee the necessary sick leave as and when that employee needs to take that leave. This is called sharing the commercial risk because at the time of settlement, no one is to know how much sick leave, if any, a particular employee will need to take during their employment. The adjustment of accrued long service leave is uncomplicated. Similarly with annual leave, the fair adjustment of Contingent long service leave has its idiosyncrasies. For example, the opening of trust accounts for nominal time periods prior to accruals turning into live liabilities. And that can be burdensome. So for instance, if you're looking at a, an employee that has had a six and a half year uh, tenure at the practice, and in of course, half a year, the the contingent long service leave liability becomes a live accrued liability in, say, six months after settlement. Well, there's a negotiation that should, ha should happen on the fair commercial allowance for that, that employee's liability uh, and long service leave liability. It isn't necessarily fair for a purchaser to be burdened with 100% of that live or contingent liability that turns into a live liability only six months after settlement. If it was three and a half month, years after settlement, of course, there wouldn't be much standing for a negotiation. But because it's so close to the, the actual uh, triggering point for that employee, well, there should again be some, some commerciality between the parties to ensure that there hasn't been any, any party really taken advantage of in those negotiations and in, and in the taking of that, of that liability that has accrued, really has accrued under the vendor's watch.
an agreed specific adjustment is best negotiated between the parties so that the matter is closed at settlement. So the key takes for vendors and the purchasers in this episode is what vendors, vendors ask, ask yourself this, these question, this question or these questions. I like to ask these really, really early in the matter. And that is what are the employee dates of commencement of service? Some sub-questions of that is that there been any breaks or any in the con in service, and that leads to more in more due diligence into uh, continuity of service and whether or not long service leave has been broken and restarted. That's a separate podcast, so we can talk about. <laughs> I also ask vendors in a, as a key take for, for vendors is what are, what are the employees' days now as work per, per week. What's their rate of remuneration? Uh, I ask them to detail their long service leave, annual leave and sick leave figures for me. And we discuss the acceptance that there will need to be an allowance at settlement in the purchaser's favour, 99% of the time. If there's been negotiations pre to anyone being involved, if a broker has negotiated uh, uh, no, uh, no entitlement allowances, fine, that's, that's, that's the deal, but it's industry standard for these adjustments to take place. So just be aware of it. And it's critical for the practice owner to always keep, for the vendor to always keep the employee records up to date and expect to provide the figures early to the purchaser and to warrant that the figures are true and accurate. Uh, for vendors, those, those few items that I just mentioned there, they don't seem overly burdensome. But when I've been acting for purchases, Asking those questions to uh, the lawyers on the other side has sometimes been tricky and baffles, baffles commerciality. So in saying that, purchases, be mindful is how you treat your transferring employees. The key takes for you for purchases. There's a practice changeover. It can be a stressful time for the employees too, and they are entitled to have the comfort that their entitlements and continuity of service is being protected. You need to ensure your lawyer, and if we're, we're, if Whitehead Legals is engaged, we conduct proper due diligence on, and proper employee entitlement questions are asked. You need to make sure you and your accountant, purchases and purchases accountants, are comfortable with the employee entitlement figures and the, and the adjusted allowances in your favour. Sometimes account, accountants might require different percentages. It's, un, it's, it's not common, but it does happen. And a, a, a real, real red flag for pur purchases. If employee entitlement figures are not readily forthcoming, query why. It's a likely a red flag. What's the problem? If it's, if it's getting to a point where you've negotiated the predominant amount of clauses, where lawyers negotiated the predominant amount of sale contract clauses and reserved your rights on, on the entitlement figures to, and reserved your rights to look at those clauses once the entitlement figures are disclosed, that needs to happen. So they can't be put aside. There's been live, experience, uh, live matters that we've had Alive a few quite uh, recently, where entitlement figures haven't been disclosed until quite close to signing off the contract, 
and $100,000 worth of long service leave, annual leave and sick leave. What do you do? In those circumstances, when there's a serious amount of, of entitlements that are, that are uh, live liabilities, a lot of industry standard adjustments need to be revisited and contracts don't take into account non-industry standard adjustments. So then it needs to be really factored in and those clauses really need to be scrutinised to make sure that there is a fair allowance and that, there, that the allowance is either industry, industry standard and follows the, the protocol that many lawyers agree to use. And that's really when this was where the entitlements are of a nominal or a, or a, or a, a fairly, fairly fair liability standard. Or you need to, yeah, look, really look into those clauses, really scrutinize the adjustments clauses if there's a significant entitlement liability there an entitlement liability that is not not common so the due diligence process surrounding the employee entitlements needs to be thorough to ensure the purchasers have a clear picture of their transferring employees entitlement status and that a purchaser is not burdened with unwarranted expenses in the future so we've got one illegal's got Compliance checks, due diligence compliance checks that not only discover those issues, but also assist and manage solutions to those issues. So give us a call. Um, our contact details are in the description of the podcast. And we hope you've had a, have an enjoyable week. Next week, we'll go get into shareholder agreements. And that'll be, that might be a bit longer than this episode. But it'll be highly favourable for not, not for the vendors and purchasers, well, maybe for the purchasers because we are purchasing in dual. There might be a few purchasers come uh, buying practices, but more so for the actual practitioners who are listening, who are in partnership or associateship or have multiple shareholder owners, and there isn't a uh, there isn't a shareholder agreement or or agreement that's protecting your interest. And there might be a constitution, but we'll, we'll expand upon that more so next episode julian whitehead and i'm julian whitehead and this has been the health lawyer podcast with me of course <laughs>